You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM. This is the Morning Buzz. You're with Min Karen. Now, while self-driving vehicles are being hailed as a solution for safer, more efficient roads, new UBC research suggests that British Columbians are not quite ready to embrace self-driving cars wholeheartedly. We are speaking to Gordiljot Gill, the study lead and a PhD candidate in civil engineering at UBC. Gordiljot, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Yeah, I Hi, Thanks for having me here. Now, before we get into the survey itself, tell us how it was conducted. I'm sorry, could you repeat it, please? How was the survey conducted? So it's an online survey that we uh, advertised throughout BC on Facebook and Instagram, and we got 1,133 participants. Awesome. Now, how, when you were doing this research, how did people just feel about the idea of self-driving cars? Yes, so uh, first thing I would say that we wanted to measure if people have a bias towards these vehicles. And uh, if we think about bias, people generally do not know if they have a bias. And if they do, they might not be forthcoming about it. So we, rather than asking them about it, we wanted to observe it. So we designed an experiment, a deception-based experiment. What we did is that we showed them four videos of a pedestrian crossing at a street and a vehicle uh, interacting with that pedestrian. And in four of the videos, that vehicle was a human-driven regular vehicle. In the other four videos, the vehicle was a self-driving vehicle. So we showed them eight videos. Each participant saw the same eight videos. And we asked the participants if if they think the pedestrian was safe in that interaction. Now, the twist is that for all eight of the videos, the vehicles were regular human-driven vehicles. There were no self-driving vehicles. But think about this. If a participant says that the pedestrian was unsafe in the interaction with self-driving vehicle, what we labeled as self-driving vehicle, then we know that that participant has a bias against these vehicles. So... That's what we tried to measure, and what we found is that 41% of the BC population, they are skeptical about these vehicles. In other words, they think that interactions with these vehicles are less comfortable and less safe compared to interactions with regular vehicles. Mm, That's fascinating. And were there some people that were a little bit more, you know, optimistic about it, or maybe kind of on the fence? Yeah, so the people that are on the fence or for whom we cannot confidently say are they optimistic or skeptical, they were 25% of the population. But interestingly, 34% of the people are optimists. They think interactions with self-driving vehicles are actually safer and more comfortable than similar interactions with uh, regular vehicles. And Gurdiljot, I think the one thing that's fascinating is you looked at bias, right? That was kind of your measure of this whole study. And do you sometimes also feel, maybe going a bit outside of the study here, but that these perceptions that we have even can affect us because of what we see in media, for instance? Like I'm thinking of, I was watching a TV show a couple years ago about a self-driving car, and it wasn't depicted in the most positive way. So you sometimes think that can impact our perception and how we look at these things? Uh, yeah, yeah, that that's partially true and also think about this that the manufacturers have not said that these vehicles are 10 percent 
safer compared to human drivers or 20%. So they have painted this image that these vehicles are foolproof, totally safe. So people, uh, people expect that kind of safety, and whenever there's a crash related to these vehicles, obviously uh, that crash gets a disproportionate uh, news coverage, and it's on everybody's mind. And I think people, uh, so there's a term in psychology, it's called betrayal uh, aversion. So people feel betrayed from this technology that it has been promoted as totally foolproof, but or maybe it has not been promoted as foolproof, but people perceive it to be foolproof. Uh, and then there's a crash. So it hits, uh, some, it, it hits people at some emotional level. They feel betrayed by this technology. So, yeah, those could be uh, some underlying causes of the bias that we are observing here. That's interesting. And one of the things that your study did find was that self-driving car regulation is important. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I would go a step back. That So one side of the story is that uh, these AV, STV manufacturers, right, so they have been testing these vehicles for more than a decade at this point. And so that's one side of the story. Another side of the story is that will the public accept these vehicles on the roads that they need to share, right? And even a smaller subpart of that public acceptance is what about the people who won't be owning these vehicles, but rather they need to share the road with these vehicles. So this subgroup of the population, and there are many of those, that has not been addressed adequately in the research. So we wanted to see uh, what do these other people feel about self-driving vehicles so that we can uh, propose some responsible policies. So what we found is that people in BC, 55% of the people say they, are, they would support policies that would allow shared self-driving vehicles, ride-hailing services or shuttles. So they are in support of that. But when it comes to regulating vehicles, uh, regulating self-driving vehicles, it's a clear consensus uh, among BC uh, population. So 92% of the people say that these vehicles should be clearly identified to other road users so that they could be a bit cautious when interacting with these vehicles. 89% of the people think there should be a person present in the driver's seat of this vehicle. Think about this, that Whenever we are crossing a road, especially at an unsignalized crossing, right, where we need to show with our body language or some gesture that we are intending to cross, and we look at the person behind the windscreen. So imagine if there's nobody uh, across the windscreen. So that would be uncomfortable. So 89% of the people want a driver to take control of the vehicle in an emergency and also to feel a bit comfortable. And 72% of the people think these vehicles should not be allowed to operate near pedestrian priority zones, let's say schools. So our uh, policy recommendations are based on these, that start with the pilot testing program, but that pilot testing should be outside the pedestrian area, the vehicle should be clearly labeled, and there should be a driver inside the vehicle. Very fascinating stuff here. It's crazy to think that this is something that we could see in the very near future. Diljo, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You take care. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much.